I'm talking about fusing content into imaging, which I think is important to do because uh, the pitchforks and the, the torches, they're out there. There are other brands vying for radio station listenership left and right, and in some fields, they are winning. So it's really important to offer more than just music, um, and that's what we're trying to go for with this kind of stuff. Hello, welcome back. My name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production for Fox FM in Melbourne. And in this podcast, I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. Today's guest is Stax Williams from Z100. And if you want to know how one of the most famous radio stations in the world sounds so good, you've come to the right place. This is Podcast. If you missed episode one with Brad Leesk from Nova, it was a great episode and I got so much out of it. I've been really humbled actually by the response I've gotten from pretty much all corners of the world. Uh, So thank you so much. I really do mean that to everyone that reached out. I don't want to waste any more time because this episode is so good. Um, I'm just going to throw straight to it. Let's go. Stax Williams, Z100, New York. Here he is. How has it been to follow the great Dave Fox? I mean, you got the two X's, so that's covered. (laughs) Um, You know, it's actually been really great. Uh, Dave's been amazing. It's great to have him as a shoulder to lean on when when you need it. Um, I try not to do that too much, but part of it is for me walking into the building and being respectful of the brand and what this thing is that so many people have worked for, for so many years to build and maintain. And, uh, that doesn't mean walking in. It's, it's like a a giant container ship. You don't become the captain one day and be like, I'm going to turn this wheel all the way over here. Cause then it's going to tilt and all the containers are going to slide off the side (laughs) and you're going to fail. Um, it's about making gentle moves when you're making changes in a brand. If you're from New York or Long Island or New Jersey or Westchester, get your hands up with me right now. Thank you so much. Hi, New York. We're the Chainsmokers. It's Niall Horn here. Hey, this is Diplo. Ben Harmony. Ellie Golding. Charlie Puth. J-A-N-C-E. Lucas Graham. Kaylee Steinfeld. Justin Bieber. Thank you so much for making Z100 Jingle Ball. Such a special night. Thank you so much, everybody. I had a, a wonderful night tonight. Uh, there's still days that... You know, you get nervous and you want to do the best job possible. And there are other days that you walk out feeling like a rock star, which I don't think is that much different from any gig. And I, I, not to just pigeonhole radio, any gig in content creation when you're making stuff, you have days that you feel awesome and you think that you're the person for the job and you have days that you walk out and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, the, yeah, yeah. what happened? I get the, I get the, I get the. It's New York's number one. Hit music station. <laughs> Looking for a little more consistency. I just love how there's always a song that relates to my feelings. One hundred. New York's number one hit music station. Do you feel extra pressure at Z100? I mean, it's got to be, if not the most famous radio station in the world, it would be up there. Yeah, of course. Um, there's a lot of ears on this one. So that, that goes into consideration when you finish a project and, and put it together. But some of it go, comes down to 
Um, you, know, you were talking about confidence and and building your own once you settle into your brand. I think that as a creative talent, everybody knows there are those days where you walk in, and you don't even know how you do your job. You're just really great at it. And you put stuff together and stuff sounds great. When the pressure's on and if you're not feeling so hot, that's when it's important to start learning about what your brand is and learning some of those like uh, fundamentals of writing and uh, and creative concepting, like knowing what are the three pillars of your brands, et cetera. Those are great when, when the pressure is really heavy and if you're not feeling hot, I start to back up and remind myself, okay, well, well what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What's the point of this? Uh, and that tends to make things a lot easier to, 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 to normalize everything. I think that's a really good point. I mean, you just sent through some work and you've certainly got a very broad skill set. Thanks. This is the sole survivor of Vault 111 and you're listening to DC 101. Capital Wasteland's best alternative rock. Whatever the hell that is. How much crossover is there from the various formats you've worked on into what you're doing now with Z100? I mean, all of it. I think the the awesome thing about pop, and especially right now, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rules. EDM came through and crushed everything, and now hip-hop sneaking back in again, which is awesome, and at some point, rock's going to make its way back in. And I think it's really easy to forget that what makes a song special is it's it's sexy or it makes you sad or it reminds you of funny times or jocks are funny or Elvis Duran in the morning show uh, their sense of humor can, it, sometimes it's, it's toilet humor and <laughs> they talk about farts and if it ends can we be friends bring me Justin Bieber there it is <laughs> All right, I know you went to the bathroom. Did you wash your hands? Oh, I'm a little upset you washed your hand. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, come on. Disgusting. I know. That's okay. Sit down. Justin Bieber's here. Welcome. They don't care. It's, it's, it's real. So when I approach this stuff, I try to take everything I've learned. And, dude, I can't tell you how many ideas get rejected. Um, Mm. And I, I think I prefer it that way. I'd rather them be like, hey, why don't you just chill out a little bit <laughs> instead of that's far less intimidating than your boss walking into the room and saying, I would like you to be more creative. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, nothing's got to be more nerve wracking than saying to someone, hey, can you just be more creative? I want to talk about your Jingle Ball production. It's outstanding. It's one of the most looked at um, events in you know the music world. What happened here? What you are looking at are people, just like you and me. When I was six years old, I broke my leg. And then, Z100 Jingle Ball sold out. It's almost like a bit of a sketch at the start that then builds into this really hot piece of production. Can you just talk me through how you would look at a project like that? Um, that one was near Halloween and, uh, we go crazy with Halloween stuff or I do. And (laughs) I tried to think of something that a listener might not expect to hear because promos are just commercials to them anyway. And, uh, anyone that listens to a radio station for a while understands that a music, uh, a contest promo, they might be interested in it, but it's easy to blend in. I wanted to create something that had quick scenery that sounded a little angry and violent what happened here 
but still made sense for what we're trying to sell, which is these tickets are hot, they're tough to get, people are losing their minds over it. And then when we were kind of having the, the, the people that were locked up say things, we, we replaced it with lyrics from songs uh, of artists that were, that were playing the actual venue. And then I just grabbed people from around the building and ran the idea by them, sat in the studio with them, acted it out, critiqued each other's roles. I actually started out as the doctor, and then we switched Sam from the morning show to be the doctor because I thought a woman would fit better in that role. What you are looking at are people just like you and me. And that's how that kind of came together. That's, that's one of 17 versions of that. That was one that we decided to stick with. And then the production I kind of clipped off at the end because I think we've all heard, you know, fast beat mixed up over and over. Hi. Hello, New York. It's Taylor. I'm Ed Sheeran. Chainsmoker. Sam Smith. Tallsy. Demi Lovato. Charlie Puth. This is Niall Horan. Logic. Camila Cabello. Campaign. Julia Michaels. Where, why don't we? I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you. At Z100. Jingle Ball. Jingle Ball. Z100's Jingle Ball. Presented by Capital One. The music will be worth the wait. Listen at seven. To win your sold out tickets. And that's really interesting. Most people would want to show the fast beat mix. They would see that as the centerpiece of their, like if you're looking at a skill set, they would consider that to be their highest quality. But for you, it's uh, it's actually different. And I love that you've come out and said that. How hard do we work to seamlessly integrate things that are in key and in tempo? And then when you actually hear it and it's in the background, you're like, wait, wait, what? Oh, fuck. What was that? I, I made that. I don't even know what it said. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I learned that pretty early on. Which is scary if we made it and we don't even know what it says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really important to have really great writing. And on top of your writing, having great voice talent. And that goes beyond having a great voice. I think it has people that can really tell a story. And we have great voices on the station, but using them properly is really important. Having a, a trident slamming, uh, godlike voice walk you through a quick script that's got some characters in it, that's not going to work. That doesn't sound like a real human being. You need real people there. Uh, yeah. But when you need from the top of the Empire State, like you need something a little more there. WHCC, Newark, New York City. Commercial free from the top of the Empire State Building. New York's number one hit music station. It's all about placement, and, and that gets tricky because now you're working with several different elements of production. You've got storytelling, you've got writing, you've got uh, sonic scenery in the background that's trying to enrich the story as well, and then you're also going to add a voice guy in the end. So sometimes I think it's easy to do too much, uh, but I think when you get it right, it's over before someone listening knows it's over and the message was delivered and it was somewhat entertaining and that's pretty much the best this kind of stuff is ever going to get. Hey. It's Taylor. See you at Jingle Ball. Keep listening to win your sold out tickets. I think it's a really underrated thing, script writing, and I love that you're so passionate about it because it's, you're right, it's the message. And if the message isn't right, what's the point? So for you, do you do a lot of writing for Z100? I write everything, yeah. See, certainly in Australia, I, we tend to separate those two roles. Tradition, I mean, not that there's no crossover, but is that unique to your role or in, in the States, is that the going thing that the producer will also script it? Um, I think... It, it kind of depends on what station you work at and who you're with, but uh, I've found 
that most imaging directors that I know also write. And I also find that imaging directors outside of the States tend to be much more into production and do really amazing stuff, but their program directors write their copy. Whereas here, I think most imaging producers are more mixers than they are producers. Very few of us are actually doing sound design and creating beds. We're more grabbing those pre-made from an imaging service or someone else on staff that does that and mixing that with uh, copy concepts and the actual music, our product. Uh, I, if When I approach any project, I try to take as many work parts as possible from acapellas and instrumentals before I even touch a sound effect or anything like that. You can get a lot further with, with that stuff than any type of fancy production. That's the stuff your listeners are actually there for. So if you can manipulate that messaging, then that's the real mixing that I see happening here. That and the writing. Yeah, that's an interesting way of describing it. And oh, look, obviously it works. And I suppose your title at Z100 is Creative Services Director. Is that right? Same as Dave's was? Yeah. How would you explain to somebody what the creative services role is for Z100? The job of the creative services director is to take the message and the brand of the radio station and use it to move people and remind them that this brand is alive and it's aware of you and it's reacting to you and it wants you to react to it. It's a friend. It's a person. Um, And that's what the imaging director's job is, is to press that image through telling stories. um, And you can tell a story through production. You can get acapellas that link together really well that the words actually say the words that your copy would say. Elvis Duran. And the Z. One hundred. Show. Wearing the tool belt that your artists use. And you sent through some awesome audio. So can you tell me the way you sort of approach that theory? Um, if I have a promo or a, a custom intro or whatever, I try to think of what's the point of this? Are we giving something away? Are you going to win something? Is it money? Is it tickets? Is it a show? Is it an experience? And I'll comb through the lyrics of the most recognizable songs from the artists that are involved and see if there are any lyrics that make sense for that. To be young and in love in New York City. That can get tedious. And uh, I finally got an intern for the first time. So sure can. he is now enjoying combing through lyrics and finding acapellas for me. Um, but once I found one, I make sure I find what key it's in, find what tempo it's in. And then I start searching again to any other artists that might be related to that and see if any more lyrics link up to that. Sometimes perfect storm, and you just find some things that come together, and it's like, boom, job's over. Great. Other times you Mm. waste four hours on a project that you end up restarting and canning that. So it can be time-consuming. Like, would you describe it as sort of wrapping your brand with the music so it's one thing? Yeah, totally. I think it's about using the music that you're already playing, that listeners are reacting to, and just remixing it to tell your message that you've chosen for the moment. So almost everything for Elvis Duran is based on uh, lyrics talking about New York City waking up in the morning that are pulled from any modern song that we might be playing. Feels like I just woke up. Waking up in this bed in New York City. Elvis Duran and the V100. Morning show. Sometimes it's not a song that's a hit either, and in a way that can be cool because, like a Miley Cyrus song that no one ended up hearing because it wasn't a hit, almost sounds like it was made for this show. Um, yes, as if she recorded it for you as a custom build or something. Yeah, totally. And everybody knows how Miley's voice sounds. It you know, that's important too, making sure it's an artist that you can tell as soon as you hear it, you know who that is. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, using as much of the music that you're already playing as possible to to sell your message, I, I think is always a win. And I didn't make that up. That's that's been around forever. I, I think we kind of got away from that for a while. Um, but I know that that's usually I go through that first before I start looking at other production methods. New York's number one hit music station. I could give a million reasons why. Yeah, I love everything on C100. It's exciting. Statue of Liberty, that's my bag. It's my favorite part. We see the last they got so far. C100. New York's number one hit music station. Well, it's probably certainly going to have the most impact. And, you know, we were just talking before about uh, making your listeners feel something. I suppose it's a very powerful tool, goosebumps, laughter, tears in connecting with your audience. I mean, that's all these these songs are just there to give you a break or to help you hyper-focus on some feelings you've already got. Do you try to get goosebumps out of people? It's something that I hear a lot of producers talk about is, oh, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, if it's the right thing to give you goosebumps on. If it's the Jingle Ball launch promo for the year, then I'm going for that. If it's some lighthearted liners about a holiday, no, probably not, because we're not we're not always that. I know from <laughs> an industry standard, we look at Z and, and and other major brands around the world as these goosebump inducing things, but on a day to day basis, it's still a utility. It's it's a companion for a friend, and you know your friend doesn't always walk up behind you and go, hey. Are you ready for some goosebumps and like run their nail down your neck until you uh, to your hair stand up on end? Sometimes they do, but that's not yeah. what. It, it's almost like a relationship. It's not always that. Sometimes it's about being there when you need someone. Sometimes it's about giving you a laugh when you weren't expecting it, creating a surprise, which I think is one of the most important things you can do with your imaging is surprise someone that's listening. The bizarre and disturbing moment caught on camera aboard a United Airlines flight. A man dragged off the plane for refusing to give up the seat he had already paid for. Okay, we're about halfway through our flight, but unfortunately we've been adding some more music, so we're going to have to have some commercials volunteer to deplane immediately. That one. No! Grab that one. Oh, limited time offers. Thank you for flying Z100. Oh. How important is topicality for you in your work, and how often would you touch on a current thing like that? I touch on it while it's while it's top of mind, and maybe maybe a day after that as well, because not everyone's quite as switched on as uh, a content producer or a morning show person might be. Um, but with social media moving so fast, I don't think you can ever be too soon with mentioning it. Um, and then, you know, once it fades out of the news cycle, unless it's something that, uh, what was that one girl, uh, catch me outside. Yes. How about that? Like she was so funny. Catch me outside. How about that? And, uh, that was something that, that could last for a while. Cause that really had, mm. you could auto tune that you could put it into production pieces. Um, the United Sweeps. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Those were one of my favorites that, that I've done ever, and that only aired for about four days. Yeah, right. Uh, coming out of spots where it actually had to make sense that, that that commercials were actually ending on that flight and the pilot's telling you that these are over <laughs> and one of them gets beat up. And then a song plays, and we didn't end it with just like Z100. Remember that thing that we were just talking about? United. You read about that, right? <laughs> It, the moment was there, and it was over, and there's music, and hopefully you got it and thought it was funny and reminded you that we're switched on like you are. It appears we've 
overbooked this airtime, and we're going to ask now for some commercials to volunteer to make room for more music. Okay, grab that one. No, no Stay calm, no, sir. No, I have limited time offers. 100. And will you run that sort of stuff past your program director, Mark Medina, or are you pretty self-contained with that process? Uh, a little bit of both. Mark's awesome. He's one of those guys that kind of opens the back door and is like, go ahead, go run. Um, but Great. He's, I mean, if he hears something that he doesn't like, he'll let me know immediately and it comes off. If I feel in any way that something might be too risky, I always run it by him first before I actually put it on the air. Um, but he's great. You know, there been plenty of things that I've sent his way that he doesn't necessarily like, and I'll kind of dig my heels in and try to explain why I think we should be doing it. Um, and 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 he'll he'll listen, and sometimes be like, okay, well, why don't we ask a few of the people on staff? Because I don't get it, but maybe I'm wrong. And it's really nice to have that in leadership, them showing you trust. Of all right, you feel strong about this. I don't necessarily see it, but maybe that's why we pay you. So let's. Let's see if some other people feel the same way. And I've definitely lost some of those, too, where I'll be like, yeah, I got this, and I'll share it with someone else. And they're like, oh, no, that's he's right. That sucks. You're like, ah, uh, well, it's good you're here. I'm glad yeah. that someone's protecting me from myself. That's awesome. And what I'm hearing there is a really strong programmer-image-producer relationship. You know, I think it's extremely important, and it sounds like you would agree. Absolutely. When you put creative people together, things can get dicey because – creativity is so deeply personal and it's tough to have someone else that also has ideas look at you and say ah, I don't know if that works and then immediately hit you with an idea it's like well damn it I want to have a good idea too and it's it's nice when you can have creative people together that can take that from another one another and offer up better ideas and then continually enrich it back and forth um, and I think that we do have a lot of that here, which is awesome. And I had a lot of that in D.C. too. Uh, I, I loved my program director, James Howard, at D.C. 101. He's, he's amazing. He had, I, I didn't have a lot of program directors that were also good at being creative that also took feedback and also gave it well. Um, and Mark and James are both like that. And I think you can culture that from people too. Some people have it naturally, but I think you can train people into being more creative. Um, and those guys are good at it. I did it all for the Wookiee! The Wookiee! May the fourth be with you. Yeah! DC 101. Yeah. And so how about out of the studio? Where do you get inspiration from? Do you, like, obviously it's just around you all the time, but do you ever get stuck on something and go for a walk in Central Park? Or uh, I notice you do a lot of riding. Is that a, a point where you'll take a break and have a think? Yeah, totally. I don't think I think about things that I'm going to work on when I'm not in here. I, I try to, I try to put some space between that as frequently as I can. And when I, the more that I do that, the more ideas just kind of appear, and I, and I get better ones. Um, sometimes you get inspired by a lyric that you hear in a song, and you start working on something and create a really cool piece, and that happened in the studio. Um, other times I see an ad in the subway that I think is funny, and I'll start to pick apart. Well, why is it funny? and get that scientific take on where did it start. And occasionally you'll find, you'll find the starting point for that ad, and that's when you start to learn some really cool ideas that you can execute on your brand. Um, and other times it's about just getting as far away from it as possible. I love to snowboard. I love to travel. Um, and when I have opportunities to do that, I, I take it. 
and I try not to think about work because I know for me at least that actually blocks me from doing it. I have to fully let it go and then my brain does it on its own and I come back um, having an easier time with ideas. And sometimes they just float in. I'll take a note and then my phone and when I come home, I'll review that note. Maybe it's an awesome idea and sometimes it's not. You'll be like, I don't, this isn't even proper English. I don't know how to make, this isn't, the sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, I think those are okay too. Yeah, there was something recently I saw you put up that said something like, um, I love it when I open my Twitter to tweets that I didn't end up posting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I thought those were real funny too. And you'll hear, you'll look at them later and you're like, God, I am not funny at all. I'm actually unfunny. <laughs> Well, they don't all have to be great ideas, but I suppose the art is in knowing which ones will make it to the final process and which ones were fun to work on but but maybe won't go any further. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, Kanye West has a team of 40 creative people helping him write songs, and uh, he's not doing it all on his own. New York Times just put out this really cool social post. Um, it's a great story about how they did uh, Zed The Middle, which is a hit song, and they have all the producers kind of talking like you and I are about how they went back and forth with her writing the song and um, the team that went behind making this awesome track. She wrote for 10 minutes and she's like, I'm going to go in the booth and let me sing it. Let me know what you guys think. That was literally the first thing we heard. Oh, baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? You're not on your own. Yeah. And you shouldn't be. You should be constantly getting that creative net cast out as frequently as you can. I write copy all the time and send it to the people that I trust and have them tear it up and vice versa. They'll send me stuff and I'll be like, oh, let's do this. And then before you know it, you've got a web of awesome sweepers with, it's tough if you work in a, in a smaller company that you don't want to share work that might get spread outside of your, your network. But with iHeart, we've got a lot of stations, a lot of people, and I utilize them as much as possible. That, that's like my songwriting team. And not just my team, I'm part of their teams. And we do that as much as we can to to make really great products. Um, their sweepers on Z and promo ideas that are the children of someone else's ideas that got together and got nasty. And that's what I ended up coming out of it with. For you, the power of the script, it's really important to you, isn't it? I think it's the most important thing. I don't think people can get home and talk about how a really well-produced piece touched them. It might feel good, and I don't. <laughs> I'm not downplaying great production, but if you can get words are really easy to regurgitate to someone else. And if you can move someone and they talk about it, uh, that's the best win I think you can get with an imaging piece. And I'm talking about fusing content into imaging, which I think is important to do because uh, the pitchforks and the, the torches, they're out there. There are other brands vying for radio station listenership left and right. And in some fields, yep. they are winning. So it's really important to offer more than just music. Um, and that's what we're trying to go for with this kind of stuff. What's up, New York? It's Demi Lovato. Oh, Check this out. Alexa, play Z100 on iHeartRadio. Getting Z100 station from iHeartRadio. <laughs> Perfect. Can we quickly talk about celebrity access for Z100? I remember um, Dave Fox talking about this, and I might have the story slightly wrong, but apparently Jay-Z was bringing in somebody for an interview and he just parked his car at the front and walked in and obviously security knew who he was and just walked in. I mean, we don't get that in Australia. Um, (laughs) That must be great to have unprecedented access to celebrities for your work. Well, we can't drive to Australia, so that's part. That's first reason why that doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's a ton of celebrity access. Uh, 
the challenging part is sharing it because nowadays we've got six radio stations in the building and we have Elvis Duran in the morning show, which is not just a Z morning show. That's a network show for Premier Networks. And they actually book a lot of major talent there that Z will then try to parlay into, hey, would you, do, would like, would you like to do a liner session with us? And some artists mm. uh, are awesome and they love doing it. And others, you know, they don't have time for it or they have a, another liner session set somewhere else. So it definitely is back and forth. Um, but yeah, I definitely see a lot more celebrities here than any other station I've worked at. But sometimes you don't get access to it. Sometimes they don't want to go and cut a liner with the imaging guy. It's not what it yeah. once was where, um, who was it? Actually, I'm not going to say who it was. But there have been some bigger names that have come through and looked at the liner sheet and been like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Nope, I'm not going to say that. And... Yeah, you're like, well, that sucks because I've already got you saying on Z100 from like eight years ago. We don't need that. It'd be awesome to have you telling a story. And and sometimes when you tell them that, they will listen and realize, oh, oh, that's what you're going for. I get it. I needed it explained to me. I'd be happy to do that. And sometimes they're still like, mm. nah, <laughs> not gonna do that. Um, and maybe that's a me thing. Maybe I'm overriding for some people. But when you get the opportunity to do that and a celeb will be willing to actually read a script, help you tell a story for a promotion, surely that adds a lot of value to what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Um, Selena Gomez came through and cut a bunch of stuff that uh, she was great because she's a pro. She's obviously an A-lister. Hey, Selena. Hey, what's up, New York? This is Selena Gomez. And see you on 100 is how I get to you. She was one of those people that saw a few lines and went, this doesn't make any sense. And I had to sit down and kind of interrupt her session and tell her, well, this is, this is what we were going for with this. Uh, but now that you know that, do you think that it's stupid? Because if so, then I, I don't want you to say it. Maybe this was a bad idea. And then she goes, oh, no, 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 that is, that's, I get it now. Yeah, no, totally. So um, it, it's, that's another great learning experience to help you write better if sometimes Sometimes they do need to be coached into reading it, but other times maybe your copy isn't good. <laughs> one time I had The Offspring cut some stuff for a DC 101 show, and they went, who wrote this? This is grammatically incorrect in all kinds of places. <laughs> like, uh, who's my intern? Uh, I will have a chat with him after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was actually talking to my previous guest, Brad, about – the X Factor craft of imaging. You know, I feel like there's a lot of audio courses where you can learn Pro Tools and you can learn how to put a limiter on something, but there's a real style, art, craft. Can you teach that X Factor craft? Um, I don't know. I, I think that everybody's got their own style for production. I think for me, I learned just by listening to other people and kind of emulating like chase cuts and frostbites back in the day and I eventually developed my own style as I started to hear things in my head that I realized no one else had done, and, and I would change that. I use Adobe a lot. I think Pro Tools is great, too, and I use that as well, but I don't think that spending a ton of your time learning how to use a bunch of Waves packages and knowing all the DAWs is nearly as important as having the uh, courage to chase your ideas as soon as you have them. Because um, nothing sucks worse than having an idea, not quite fleshing it out, and then you hear it somewhere else because someone else thought of that same idea and they did an awesome job with it. And it hurts because that could have been yours. Um, mm. And it's not even a credit thing. Like having getting credit for stuff is awesome and that feels good, but it's fleeting. 
It's more about when you have an idea and you flesh it out with whatever DAW you use or whatever tools that you have or however you choose to produce it, and a listener understands it, um, that makes you feel more confident to chase that next idea that might seem that much more unlikely to accomplish. So I think that's the X factor. Like, get those ideas out. Get them on paper. Work at them. Maybe they fail, and that's cool. Shelf that one, uh, but don't forget about it, and then go on to the next one uh, and get as much of that down as you can. I've had a lot of work come across my plate where you can tell someone's put a ton of love into this music bed, but no one's going to remember that thing, man. Um, now, I'm sure yeah. someone just heard that and rolled their eyes, and it's like, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to be that person. Oh, my God, that music bed. I spent a week on that. What, what does he mean? <laughs> I definitely don't want to demotivate anyone, but I think get, getting your concepts out um, and growing and building them is probably the X factor more than learning a specific tool. And the tools are important. I'm not downgrading them that's just my philosophy on on how we do this craft that we do stacks thank you so much for your time man i know that it's getting into the evening there now in new york and um you know you could have been out having a beer by now but you chose to spend a little bit of time with me and i really really appreciate it mate thank you dude it's my pleasure it's always flattering when someone asks you to talk about yourself um so so thank you wow so how about that? Uh, Stax Williams, Z100. Um, what a legend. And uh, there's a lot to take in there. Um, I thank him so much for his time. Very smart guy. Um, knows what he's doing. His role is a little different to how other roles are around the world. And I'd be really interested to know, if you're an image producer, how your role is. Um, so get in contact with me. Uh, it'd be so cool to have a chat. I do have some great guests lined up, but I'm looking for more. Uh, so you can uh, get me at DomEvansAU on Twitter or send me an email. I've set up a Gmail. Uh, is podcastshow at gmail.com. Podcastshow at gmail.com. If you're up for an interview, you want to have a chat, reach out. Um, I'm actually happy to talk to anybody. So if, you're, um, if you want to send me some work or you just want to introduce yourself and you don't want to have a chat, send me an email. Let's talk. The next episode is BT, or Brendan Tacey, from the Triple M Network in Australia. Really talented guy, not only in his excellent production, um, of which he has a tremendous amount of experience, but he's, the way he works behind the scenes is very impressive. His organisational skills and his ability to tackle large volumes of work with what appears to be very little stress is impressive. So I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. All right, I will see you next time with BT from Triple M.